Judges behind the Wallabies. Of studio. Players are lined up, microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort! The Ruck. It's been 12 years in the making and the Lions are back. Get your tickets at rugby.com.au. Hello, good morning, everyone. Makes me very happy to say the team is back together. Timmy Horan, as ever, sitting there, calm as you please. But Matthew Burke returns from whatever you were doing in Canada. What the hell were you doing? Just skiing? I got a, I got, exactly right. I got a great goggle mark uh, from the tan, just shredding the moguls at the same time. Exactly right. I, I'm really learning to keep the knees together at the moment. Really? You know, when you go down, you've got the yeah. patches on the knees. This is for skiing. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm snowplow, just a snowplow. Yeah, snowplow. Snowplow's all I've got. Do you, snowplow? Can you do, what is it, what is it slalom? Uh, Parallelling. Parallelling. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's old days. It's all, it's all um, what is it, um, sideways action these days. So oh, okay. On the boards, yeah, snowboards. Snowboarding. Yeah, that's right. a whole new terminology, though. Right, okay. So, so you had a nice time, obviously, in It Canada. was good. They, we, in the end, we uh, had a, a, a massive skills camp with about 400 kids on one field. So it was all organised chaos, but it, it was good fun. Really a rugby, obviously. Rugby, yeah, absolutely. How big is it in Canada? It, it, it is. It's getting it's getting bigger because it's cheaper than ice hockey and and, right. and NFL, basically, because the the cost of actually getting your skates, your boots, uh, all your equipment, the rest and the rest of it, compared to pairing a pair of boots and a mouth guard. Okay. Thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The old school pants. You know, when you played Ta- schoolboy rugby with the little thing that we we put the soft stuff down the side pocket. Oh yeah, you know? Westmont <laughs> phone. Were. Yeah, Westmont. <laughs> Westmont. <laughs> Was that the boomerang one? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Berkey, you're taking all our intellectual property from Australia across to Canada. Correct. That's what you're saying. Correct. Okay. Oh, yeah, good. exactly right. Anyway, what have you done um, so far, Timmy, for Mother's Day? Yeah, happy Mother's Day to everyone that's out there and uh, plenty of mothers that do so much for all of us and mm-hmm. some, also some dads that act as, as mums as well uh, in the community these days. So, Strictly speaking, can we send the Mother's Day a message to dads who act as mums as well? I suppose <laughs> yes, we, we can. can. Yes, yeah, happy Mother's Day. My, my Mother's Day is a bit different to yours, guys, because you know how you've got to um, do something for your wife as well, but on behalf of the kids. Do and I'm, I'm sure that you would have both given the present this morning for, on behalf of the kids uh, early this morning, whereas I've got teenage kids, so mm-hmm. we don't get a chance to do that till about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. When, when they, they wake, wake up. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. There's a, you know, the 5.30 uh, wake up this morning was very good. Uh, but, you know, I let Kate do that because it's Mother's Day. <laughs> let her have Embrace a special it. moment with her children yes. <laughs> while I, I zed it on through. <laughs> yeah, no. um, what well, about this morning, Tone, as well? On, on the, I think the Mother's Day Classic has been run today. Uh-huh. You could sneak around and not get caught by not running the whole thing. There's that much fog in Sydney at the moment. Oh. I came across the Harbour Bridge. You couldn't see the bridge yeah. this morning. It was uh, that so low lying. Is a Mother's Day Classic like the all-age steak? So, <laughs> <laughs> is it wait for age? <laughs> there? Timothy. Mm. Uh, all right, mums. And look, I was in my mum. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you and, and Kate. I, I did forget this morning, but uh, things will be made right once I <laughs> home. Plenty to talk about in footy as well. Some uh, scores for you. The Western Force went down, as you remember, just uh, to the Chiefs. 22-21. The Reds over the Sharks, 32-17. Uh, Hurricanes beat the Cheetahs 39-34. The Blues, uh, too good just again. Close game for the Rebels, 36-32. 
The Waratahs, Izzy Folau, continue mm. to try very close to the end, giving them the win over the Stormers at Allianz Stadium, 21-15. We'll get to that game next. And uh, the Southern Kings, after being smashed last week, uh, managed to get past the Highlanders, 34-27. What a turn up for the books that is. Well, uh, we'll get there. We'll also speak to Gordon Bray, who returns to the television microphone uh, to call rugby alongside uh, Matthew Burke. We'll get to him later in the show. Plenty to get to. Enjoy the ruck. This is the ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. That's Everclear Santa Monica. And it's the Ruck for Rugby Union live on 10. All right, the Waratahs last week, 72 to 10 uh, over the Kings. It was one of those, everybody scored a try, the ball boy scored a try. Uh, they got a few people out of the crowd and ran them on. They scored tries. It was terrific. Uh, Paper-thin defence, I think you can say. Very different story against the Storm. As was expected, they're mm. one of the best, if not the best defensive unit uh, going around at the moment. They don't concede a lot of tries. So it was hard work. Easy Folau found that very difficult. It wasn't just be able to you know, palm off and th- straight through which is a terrific challenge for the Waratahs. What did you make of that last gasp win? Oh, the physicality, uh, Tony, as you mentioned, was just right up there. They knew they were going to be in for a, a tough outing against a, a Stormers outfit. In the last couple of years, has has been incredibly strong uh, line-out scrum time, but also in defence. You saw them last night. They got monstered, you yeah. know, the, the, the Waratahs, on occasion. Um, when it was on, when it was when it was hot, so to speak, to play, they got a bit of a roll on. They still kept that ball in hand. Um, they wanted to keep playing that style of game. Uh, and sometimes they're going backwards to make some metres going forward, so to speak. But, um, you know, it was just, it was a gritty win. They didn't have a great deal of the ball in the end. Uh, and, and what I did like was uh, Checker used his bench well. They substituted the halfback, then the number 10. Uh, and Barnes came on. Yeah, Beric Barnes. Okay. Which, is, uh, which is great. Uh, started, uh, as the guys, Timmy, your guys called it, started quite deep to start with and then slowly flattened it up and ended up obviously giving that last pass to uh, fall out the end there to score. But um, you're right, though. It was, it was a tough night. It was sort of... For me, to me, it reminded me of a of a test match. There wasn't much scoring being played, but there's a lot of football being done. It was a uh, it was a good hit out for the Waratahs to see where they were. Yeah, it was really uh, defensive as well. And I think when you talk about Beric Barnes coming back, he's um, obviously going off to Japan later this year. And but there wasn't too many people on that field that could have thrown that pass, the dummy first and then underneath mm. to Israel Folau. Um A wonderful player, Beric Barnes, and he gives the team a lot more poise as well. So uh, Bernard Foley's been playing some really good football. Israel Folau again starts to, to come through to the fore. And be really interesting, Berkey, uh, to get your thoughts on should has Israel Folau done enough now to... I think he's done enough to be in the Wallaby 22... Uh, for the test match against the Lions in June. But uh, it, the question mark will be now, subject to injuries coming through, mm. do you actually pick him on the wing or do you pick him at fullback with what's happened you with Kurt You picked him Beale? at fullback, haven't you, Bert? Oh, yeah, I, I think picked, today. I, I picked him at fullback uh, today and, and right. I put O'Connor on one wing and obviously you have to work out what is uh, the deal with O'Connor from his injury uh, yesterday when the Rebels take on, when the Rebels took on the Blues. So, um, do you think it's too risky, Berkey, to put him on the wing? Yeah, because I, he's only played he's only played one game on the wing for the Waratahs so far. Correct, exactly right. So, uh, wing to fullback is completely different. I think you can get more lost at, at wing if you have to go out there and you haven't played it before. And isolated a bit. And isolated, and, yeah. and at least at least at fullback he gets the the chance to, I suppose, get the ball in his hand from counter attack and have a bit of a run. Um, so, from that point of view, you need some strong wingers around him who can chat at the same time. And then, you know, I mean, there's, there's ways and means of getting around uh, defensively how to kick the ball out of your 22 and the rest of it. And the way they play, uh, does Cooper play 10, for example? And we're, we're, we're changing tack now. But uh, I think there's enough, what we've seen to him so far, to get a 15 jersey. Yeah, and I tell you what, his time at the AFL, his motor is so good now in mm. terms of being able to last his strength at the end of the game mm. just as it is at the beginning of the game, which is terrific for him. I tell you, that, that, that Stormer side... 
They've got some big boys, some big oh, young haven't guys, they? haven't oh, they? Just yep. absolutely huge. The front row. Yeah, and it was, but it was so good to see someone like Ben Robinson, I thought was he stood up. Tatafa Pollard now had his best game for a, a long time as can, well. Can you remember it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he hasn't oh, remembered tough. one game he's played, Tar. I'll tell you what, Ben Alexander did put a great shot on, uh, on there. I think it was his opposing prop, and, and uh, got a bit of help from uh, Sedaliki Tamani at the same time, yep. but... Uh, you know, the crowd got up. There was a bit of a chant last night of New South Wales, New South Wales. Yeah. They started. so Rather than boo-boo. Rather yeah. than boo-boo. <laughs> but they sit, they sit at the moment. They sit on 34 points. There are only 10 points adrift of the Queensland Reds at the moment. Mm. So the Reds are sitting on 44 points, one point behind the Brumbies on 45. So uh, a couple more wins from the Waratahs and a loss from the Reds, and you just don't know. I mean, uh, you've never seen it before in the top six to having three Australian teams. You need two wildcard teams to get through. Mm. Yeah, that's right. What, what about the Reds then? 32-17. They beat the Sharks. So they played well in patches, but then kind of almost bundied off, Timmy. Yeah, I think, well, the first 40 minutes was the best the Reds have played this season. They yeah. had four tries in that, uh, I think, 34 minutes mm. and a bonus point try. Um, there was a, a wonderful, and Quade Cooper said yesterday that that was probably the, the best try that he's been involved with, the 100-metre try to uh, Rod Davies uh, yep. on the right-hand side. So uh, the Reds are gaining momentum. And the good thing about the Reds is, even though... They had the draw against the Brumbies. They had a stumble, a draw against the Western Force uh, a week ago. They are still picking up points and gathering momentum as they're going. I did like the way they, um, you're right, Timmy, constructed that try. And then the the, the vision to not be, or, or to, to remain calm, I suppose you could say, when Genia put that little grubber kick across to uh, to Rod Davies to score, yep. that was just fantastic. You know, it, And that's what you want to see. That's, that's like a, a barbarian try, you know, all the way from one end to the other. Well, there was 32,000 people at Suncorp Stadium. They all stood at half-time, standing ovation as the Reds left the field. And there was one particular pass which I reckon Robbie Deans has seen Quade Cooper throw. The pass he threw to Fainga yep. for his first try. How flat and wide that was and pinpoint. And I reckon that was the moment he's gone, OK, I'll pick you at number 10 now for the Test match. All right, and the other, of course, the other Australian franchise is the Western Force. Just uh, one point again, the Chiefs 22-21 and the Rebels. Look, next, I want to talk a bit about my man who wasn't there, uh, Kurtley Beale. They got beaten 36-32 by the Blues, but we'll get to Kurtley Beale next. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. Jumping to the fog, that's for all those drivers in Sydney this morning. Very careful, <laughs> there is a lot of fog. That is the Wombats. It's The Rock for Rugby Union, live on 10. And we are going to speak in about 20 minutes to Gordon Bray, who wow. uh, will be returning the voice of rugby on Channel 10 for uh, well, the Alliance. He's reclaimed the title. Well, it's a bit of a title fight. It's yes. terrific, isn't it, to, to see that happening? All right. Now, we were talking about the Rebels, and uh, they had a, a tight uh, loss again without the services of Curtly Bill, who had come back after being suspended and after the trouble that he had had in South Africa. Mm. had come back and had shown brilliant signs, an amazing individual try, all the talent that everybody wants to see on display week in, week out. Yet we're not seeing it week in, week out because of what's happening off the field. Now, the incident, the most recent incident was about drinking alcohol. There's no evidence at all that he actually did anything wrong, uh, behaved poorly when doing it, but it was a, a breaking of the behavioural codes that had been put in place after the incident in South Africa where there was ugliness. So what do you do with a player like that who uh, says he's going to do one thing and then does another? How much patience does that does do the rebels have how much patience does the code have, Timmy? Well, I, th- I think there's th- there's two issues here. One, one, it's Curtly Beale, the footballer, and then the second one is Curtly Beale off the field as a person and getting him right first. And and Robbie Deans, the Wallaby coach, has spent a lot, a lot of time over the last six or eight weeks with Curtly Beale, uh, training with him, talking to him about w- what he wants him to do off the field, not so much on the field, what he needs to do off the field. And in professional sport, that's the most important 
um, piece of the puzzle is if you're happy off the field, you're content, um, you'll play much better on the field. But the issue is, I think he's just had a couple of um, drinks, which yep. is is a big issue because he signed an agreement with the Australian Rugby Union and also the Rebels that he would not drink alcohol mm-hmm. um, for the rest of the season. He, he's breached that. But then also he missed, missed the next morning a counselling session, which he's had right, okay. weekly. Um, so he's missed that counselling session, which is an issue. So, yes, they're banning for one week. He missed the game uh, yesterday in New Zealand against the Blues. But then the Australian Rugby Union will still look into this on Monday or Tuesday if there is any other um, issues that need to be sorted out. So I just think they should, yes, talk to him. It's a, it's a little slip-up, but, I mean, how many slip-ups do you have mm. and let him keep playing? Because he's got to get back on the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, he talks about being homesick, though. You know, he, he's and Peter Fitzsimons uh, wrote a, a little article in the paper the other day about maybe bringing him home to his spiritual place, which was Waratahs when he first started. He feels comfortable there. His family, friends around here. So I think environment plays a, a big part of it. And, and if you, I mean, if you, if you if you're banned from the drink, as, as you mentioned, Timmy, and you've and you've signed the contract to say so, um, what? What's the environment then to prompt you to go and do that, if you know what I mean? Do you, are you going out afterwards? And, and Timmy, you mentioned you know, the situation. Um, who's there with him at the same time? Who's taking responsibility outside of, of Kurt Lebeel himself? You mean when he's You're, out having a drink, who are the other people who are Who's there, yeah. Well, the big, that's an issue as well, because if there was Melbourne Rebels players with Kurt Beal and they knew he'd signed this agreement that not, not to drink for the rest of the season, there's, there's another issue there. But, but Berkey, you, you talk about people around you, and everyone needs good people around them, whether that's in a, in a business environment or a sporting environment. But still, if Curly Beal, if he wanted to take the big dollars in Melbourne and move away from his support network in Sydney, you've also got to put your hand up and look after yourself as well. So um, the Melbourne Rebels have tried to put people around him, uh, good people around him. Um, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because what I guess has worked for me, Wayne Bennett in rugby league coaches, uh, players who, I guess it's trying to say that you are an adult, so we, I expect you to behave like an adult. So you don't say you can't do this, this, and this. Mm, yeah. but there's an expectation that you will behave like. Curly Beal isn't old enough. He's a man. He's not a boy. I know that football and team often leads to, I don't know, continual adolescence. Mm, uh, it uh, seems it, to be the case. And do you know why? Because. We, uh, being old professional players, you live in a bubble. Like yeah. you, you don't, you literally don't do anything for yourself. Yeah. Like everything's put on a silver platter for you. Everything's taken care for you. Even yeah. when you go to the airport, who's got your passport? The manager's got your passport. So you don't really live a real life. Uh, and then, and until you move on the outside of that, and all of a sudden you're put in an occasion where you have you, to make you, a, you've got, you, a decision. You've got to book your own flight, and you've got to book. You've got to go to the taxi rank instead of someone holding your name up, Matt Burke. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Where, where do I go to? Where yeah. do I go to? So I think they miss. They sometimes, and, and I've been guilty of it as well, you miss just the, the, the finer points of it, and, and then all of a sudden now, you make Berkey, the wrong decision. It happens from a young age, because kids are targeted. Mm. Uh, so at school, they're, you, you're treated as special because mm. of that athletic thing. So you, that bubble does exist from such a long uh, early age. So it's such a difficult thing to get them you know, working properly in the real world. Mm. It'll be really interesting to see what happens in the next three or four days when the Australian Rugby Union look at what's happened here. Um, and would they make a different call if the British and Irish Lions weren't four or five weeks away. Mm. What's your call, Tim, right here, right now? Do you pick Kirtley Beale to play for the Wallabies? Well, see, what's going to happen is he'll have to play because the Wallabies, the 26-man squad I think they're selecting, um, have that three-week bubble, that three-week window when they don't play for their provinces so they don't get injured yep. before that first test match. Whereas Kirtley Beale hasn't played enough rugby, so he's going to have to keep playing. Mm-hmm. So I, I reckon the Rebels are allowing, allowing back. The Australian Rugby Union will have to make a call as well. But if he, if he plays the next three or four matches and plays some good football, yes, I'd pick him at 15. I think he's a. you need the X factor in test matches. And if he can prove off the field 
Um, he's mentally prepared. On the field will take care of itself. Do you, you play him? I was just going to say then, Timmy was a son of a politician there and he started by asking did, <laughs> another question back to you at the same he time. It, eventually he, <laughs> he got, got it at the end there. Uh, you need him? Yes. I think it could be a, a, a good bench player. So that's my call. All right, love it. We're going to speak with Gordon Bray uh, shortly on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Yes, and very shortly we'll be joined by Gordon Bray. Uh, you, of course, are teaming up with Gordon Bray uh, in Channel 10 commentary. We are. Have you, have you ever done any commentating with him before? I had uh, done in back in 1998 when I bunged my shoulder. I right. ended up doing a couple of uh, things with him with Channel 7 in the day when, when he was calling that side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fun, good, good value, tough, yeah. easy. Tough, easy. Yeah, tough. Well, what but, is it, tough or easy? Well, it's tough because you had to learn the French bloke's names. It was easy because you just sort of rock up and do your stuff. And you let Gordon do it. And you let Gordon do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll find out how well Gordon Bray, because you are now partners mm. and romantically involved, mm. uh, we'll find out how well you know each other. Fantastic. Next, when Gordon Bray joins us on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Nick 182, I miss you. Do you, Tony? I do miss you. I tell you what, you won't miss. You won't miss the British and Irish Lions test. No. It's the Ruck for 10, home of the British and Irish Lions test, live from June 22. Yeah, no, I say I miss you. With all the music's been incredibly appropriate today, uh, and I miss you because we've missed Gordon Bray, the voice uh, of rugby, Gordon Bray, uh, and it is a terrific thrill that he is back on Channel 10 to call the footy, and it's a terrific thrill that he is on the line to talk to us right now. Gordy, hello. G'day, Tony. How are you, mate? I'm very, very well. You, you must be. Uh, are you a little excited? I'm a little bit hungover, but yeah. they, uh, <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> we had a had a good night last night after the Waratahs um, uh, win over the Stormers, mm, yeah. and uh, probably should have been in bed a little earlier than uh, it, it eventuated. But no, very excited about the Lions. Um, I called that series in '89, and um, you know it's interesting. People have said whoever wins the first test is going to win the series. Well, it didn't happen that way in '89 because no. Australia won the, that first test, and the same again in in 2001. Um, when, you know, the Lions came through and won the first test, but the other side won the series. So, yeah, there's a lot of anticipation, and it's it's any one series, frankly. Have you done uh, the, the research that you do, obviously, is sensational, has always been. So where what have you been doing over the past little while to get yourself ready up and running for this uh, return to the microphone? Well, it's funny you mention that. I used to keep um, scrapbooks. I don't anymore. Um, and... Well, I correct myself there. I've started keeping scrapbooks again. So that's scrapbooks of um, relevant uh, newspaper articles mm-hmm. um, from right around uh, New South Wales and, and even Queensland. And I've probably got scrapbooks going back to 1980, I think. So I've been going back through my old scrapbooks around the, um, the Lions Tour in, in 89 and the same again in 2001. And just digging up little bits of, uh, you know, Gold. Well, that's Solid good. Gold. Yeah, that is good. The only problem is that there won't be anybody from 1980 who'll be playing in this tour, though. Just remember that, no, Gordon. Then, yeah, that's right. There's, there's little bits of relevance there that, that may um, have pertinence at, at, at times. So, yeah, I, I don't know why I do it. It just it just makes me feel good. <laughs> hey, Gordon, Timmy here. And wait, we had Hello, some Timmy. great... We had some great years uh, working with Channel 7 there for about eight years, uh, commentating on the test matches. Now, obviously, you're with Channel 10, which is fantastic news. But um, we had a little tradition, didn't we? Um, about five minutes before the kickoff, 
um, that we used to bring in a little little tiny drink, just something small that was relevant yeah. to the team that the Wallabies were playing. So if the Wallabies were playing Ireland, we'd bring in a little little tiny uh, snippet of uh, of Bailey's Irish cream and, oh, really? and have a little sip of that. That was just to give Gordon some personality through the call. No. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully Berkey, hopefully, yeah, hopefully Berkey continues that tradition for you. Well, you'll have to speak to Berkey about that one, but um, I'll certainly be putting the foot down. <laughs> it's it's not as bad as Buddha, though. Do you, do you remember, um, I think it was Yilsey's first test uh, in 1991 at Ballymore, and uh, we, we used to have a little, a tiny little rum and coke just before the game as a little toast between the commentators. <laughs> but, but Buddha forgot. He forgot to order it, and, and then he realised once the game had started, so he called the steward, and the steward came in with a whole jug of rum and coke <laughs> and no glasses. <laughs> and so Buddha, Buddha had a drink out of the jug, and then um, I think Gary Pierce had a drink out of the jug, and then they gave it to me, and I said, no, 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 no. And then the... Stewart tripped over my uh, headphone lead and tipped half of it down the back of my neck oh, no. while Jason Little was scoring a try. <laughs> That's why he got excited when he, when he scored the try. Gordon, a quick one. Um, you know, Timmy, 80 test matches, uh, all the jerseys are tucked away, blazers everywhere. What do you do with all your old blazers? You'd have a good repertoire of, of jackets that you have in your, uh, in your wardrobe, wouldn't you? Well, I used to uh, keep, um, I, I used to collect rugby jerseys and, um, you know, you go speaking to rugby clubs and I always insist, you, I mean, you can't charge rugby clubs, but I always say, look, Tim, give did me you get one that? of your nice jerseys. So I've got, I've probably got, <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't know, 150 jerseys. Well, what about your blazer? What about... So, and they all stay in the cupboard, Tim, although I was very annoyed, my daughter, Anna, um, one of my prized ones was uh, Michael Liner's jersey from Benetton Treviso. It was a beautiful, um, you know, the, the green yeah. and the white stripes and the number 10 on the back. And I saw her at a, a school uh, picnic function um, yep. she was with wearing my it. Michael Liner jersey. I said, <laughs> she, oh, my God. She didn't give it away, did I she? I can't believe it. <laughs> yes. all, right, all right. Now, look, because you and Berkey, Gordon, are about to be involved in a, a, a relationship, we thought we'd ask you some relationship questions. We think it's important that, uh, you know, you know a bit about mm. each other. And I'm sure you do. I, I, I'm sure you know everything that uh, two people who are going to spend a lot of time in a confined space <laughs> should know about each other. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to ask uh, the two of you a couple of questions and see how you go. Uh, so, Gordon, when did you and Berkey first meet? Not calling, when did you first meet? Probably at, at Hunter's Hill at St. Joseph's College when Matthew Burke was uh, playing for the Australian schoolboys. That, I think, is the first time I, I met him. Would that be correct, um, Berkey? I, I, there think was, I think, yeah, look, I think there were a couple of, there were a few boys from, from Joey's in the Australian schoolboys team who, and they went on to become international. So I, I think that's where I first met Berkey. That's exactly right, Gordon. And, and you were on the whistle that day as well, if I remember. And, and we abused you as well. So <laughs> Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. <laughs> All right. Uh, Berkey, where did Gordon grow up? Uh, Gordon grew up in uh, Linfield, in uh, in the north shore of Sydney. Would that be right, Gordon? Well, uh, pretty close, Berkey. My, my children grew up in Linfield. Oh. I actually, yeah, I actually grew up um, sack, in Berkey. the western suburbs. I'm a Westie, mate. You're a Westie. <laughs> At Burwood, yeah. First, first six years were in the eastern suburbs. Then my father had the... Theatre. Uh, he was the theatre proprietor at Concord, at the um, Concord Odeon. So we moved out to Burwood. So that's why I went to Homebush Boys High, that famous Western Suburbs Finishing Academy. Wow. So Rugby and film. You didn't buff. get that one right, no, mate. No. What about? I've got one for you, Berkey. What about? Where does Gordon have a street named after him? Where does Gordon Bray mm. have a street named after him? 
Do you know? I would have to say it's in rugby in England. Would that be right, Tim? <laughs> no, Gordon. Lidcombe, is it? New South Wales? That's right. Well, I, it's actually Rookwood Cemetery. Is it Cemetery. a street or, or Rookwood, is it a road? Rookwood <laughs> Cemetery. Right next door to Rookwood Cemetery. So, uh, yeah. If I do invest there, I won't have far to go. The great thing is it, it's actually Gordon Bray Circuit, I think it's called, which is a terrific name. All right, this is the final one. Um, Gordon, have you ever got any of Berkey's, because you're so good on this, any stats or his personal player information or something about him personally ever ca- while you're calling the game and calling Berkey? Have you ever got something very wrong? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I think um, I suggested that he played uh, soccer um, till he was 17 or 16 mm. and w- was it the Carlingford Redbacks? It was good. Well done. It was the Carlingford. Well, I didn't get it wrong. No, 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 no but had... that was but it okay. wasn't the age, though. No, what was it, uh, Berkey, that he got very wrong? Uh, the very wrong... Uh... My announcement that I was engaged to oh, my now wife. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what Third, happened, Berg? Were, were you taking a kick for goal? Third penalty, Timmy. We're playing yeah. the final uh, against That's France right. in 1999. That's right. And yeah. the commentary uh, is uh, of the like of Matt Burke lines up his third penalty goal as his fiance Kate makes the ultimate <laughs> sacrifice, staying at home. And the text messages went like wildfire. So you hadn't actually proposed people, at this point? Not as yet. I was going to that night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the viewers this, uh, love those little um, oh, uh, human interest insights. Yeah, they oh. do. Especially and then Berkey, then Berkey, you had to propose then. Yeah. Well, to. <laughs> You're ahead of your time, as always. Gordon Bray, lovely to talk to you. Welcome back, uh, and we look forward to hearing your call. Thanks, Quasi. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Berkey. Cheers, Gordon. There he goes, the great man, Gordon Bray. You're listening to The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. And it's The Ruck for Rugby Union Live on 10. Uh, Rugby League lost a couple of young players recently. Incredibly sad. Yeah, Mm. two young, under 20 players. uh, And it really, I think, brought to light. I guess the struggles that a lot of young... Well, young men. I mean, suicide is the biggest killer of uh, of young men under the age of 44. That's Mm. just a phenomenal stat. I was reading the paper today, and obviously you boys know Ben Tune uh, very well, having played with him and uh, know him great. well. I didn't know him. Uh, I don't know him, but I've just read his story uh, about his battle with depression and about the time that he tried to take his life. He mm. attempted suicide. It's just a, a, a phenomenal... But it's in the Sunday Telegraph. Uh, it would be in, uh, in, in, in Brisbane Sunday as well. Mail in Sunday Brisbane, Mail yeah. in Brisbane. You should read it. Everybody should read it. It's uh, an amazing and remarkable and, uh, I don't know, heartbreaking one. My mm. dark passenger, he writes, had possessed me. I was as lost as any soul deserved to be. Uh, this fire of self-pity was fueled by the absence of uh, next to any serotonin in my brain. So he talks about the fact that it's, it's medical condition as well, but also his depression, fanned by memories of childhood abuse and an ongoing drug addiction, and ignited by the realisation I had no self-esteem off the back of a football career, which had convinced me that what you achieved was more important than the type of person you were. Now he goes from there to, to actually set out the day, the evening, he tried to take his life. For you, Timmy, knowing him well... That must be a harrowing read. Oh, it's an incredible read, and I've known a lot about it. For, I spent a lot of time with Junie through that period of time. Yep. Um, and we kept it well away from the media because it was a personal experience that he was going through. Um, but it's a really, really sad story. But the great thing about it now is Junie is back on his feet. He realises yep. uh, what was happening. And it was really a perfect storm because um, Junie played, you know... Hundreds of test matches with Berkey and I and, and games with us with the Queensland Reds and on, on tour and such a lovable, likeable bloke, Tuny, and, and such a powerful player. Yeah. And But then when he finished his career, he, he, both his knees were, were quite bad. He, could, he tried to come back a few times. Uh, his last match, I think, for the Queensland Reds, he lost by over 90 points. 
Um, he had a marriage breakdown right at the end of his um, professional football career. And the issue also was that he didn't have any real job to go to when he finished his career. So you put all that together and you put the imbalance mentally there as well. It was a perfect storm. And uh, luckily, he had some people around him. And I, and I remember the time sitting in the psychiatric hospital with Tuni outside the waiting room after he tried to take his life and sitting there with him, talking to him about winning the World Cup. But then it was a totally different person and um, the issues that he had off the field. So it was just a, a experience that um, I'm just so glad he's still here. It's an, a remarkable thing. Many people, uh, I don't know, get angry when they hear of people who have tried to take their life, when they, especially when there are kids involved. And you yeah. say, how could you do that? How could you do that? And he talks about that. He says, on what I thought was the last night of my life, I took the three pictures of my beautiful boys out of their frames and sat resolutely on the couch. Hugging my kids' pictures, I ingested a potentially lethal dose of pills and chased it down with a bottle of bourbon. To be in that, that point is just uh, its something I can't, can't actually fathom. You can't fathom. It's a, it's a world of, of what you don't know, isn't it? I mean, we, we, and Timmy, you've obviously close to him. You may have known the, 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 the yep. factors that were an influence in that. Um, yeah, but for me, Tunian, and as you mentioned, Tim, he was indestructible. He was the bloke who broke Garbage Oza's arm when he scored the try in the World Cup. I mean, that's how strong he was. And, and but that, but that, but Berkey, that's the that's the piece which is hard for professional sports people because the perception, correct, from the general public is that everyone is indestructible. Correct. Even if you're a professional football player, that, but exactly you're right. on a pedestal. Yeah. Exactly right. He then uh, he says in, in part of the other article as well, uh, each season or each off season, I would get down when I ret- and retirement was overwhelming, and I can understand, you know, what he's saying about that retirement thing because all of a sudden you are, you know, you are the king, so to speak. You are, you know, wearing your national colours. People walk down the street want your autograph, then all of a sudden you finish and people walk straight past you and you yep. think, well, hang on, um, do you not sort of remember me? Yeah, and I think that, I mean, the worst phone call I received was from a friend of mine who's very high up in the Queensland Police and he rang me after Tuny had tried to take his own life and I just remember the chill in my spine when the policeman rang me and I was only about the second person that he called and said where Tuny was in the hospital. I, I couldn't believe it that that it had gone that far. But we, we there's a lot of us that rallied behind Tuny and put a lot of support and support networks around him in Brisbane and, and made sure that um, people like Andrew Slack had done a lot of work with him as well. Um, so he had support around him. But it's it's a very big issue in professional sport towards the end of your career. Yeah. He says, I can honestly say I'm now a relatively content man who can actually get excited about a future I never thought I'd have. And so Ben Tune has a future. Mm. Everybody has that future. If you have any uh, issues, I know somebody does. Remember, the lifeline number is uh, 131114 14 and Beyond Blue, 1300 46 36. It's The Ruck for Rugby Union, live on 10. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. It's The Ruck for Rugby Union, live on 10. And sadly, we're just about to uh, leave you. A wrap up, though, with some scores from other codes in the AFL. Uh, Fremantle over Collingwood, 173. They were thumping them by a huge amount early in that game, but they still won. Uh, Hawthorne, 119. The Sydney Swans, 82. That didn't really happen. Uh, that was just a, it's a mirage. It's not, not, not true. Buddy Franklin coming back from having two weeks of not scoring goals at all just to absolutely smash the Swans. Uh, North Melbourne, 151. The Bulldogs, 97. Uh, West Coast Eagles, too good for the Brisbane Lions. 
Uh, Richmond, 114. Port Adelaide, 73. That's the second loss in a row for Koshy's Port Adelaide side. Geelong, 100. <laughs> Isn't it great? When you're winning, it's Port, it's Koshy's Port Adelaide side. When you're losing, it's just Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. <laughs> Geelong, 113. Essendon, 85. In the NRL, Parramatta, that one point, that field goal, brilliant field goal just before halftime by Jared Hayne. Uh, it was enough to get them past the Broncos, 19-18. Good game of footy. Mm. The Bulldogs, 24 over the New Zealand Warriors, 16. The Sharkies, 30, beat the West Tigers, 6. And, of course, is the West Tigers under 14 side. They've got a few injuries at the moment. <laughs> South Sydney, <laughs> 28, beat the North Queensland Cowboys, 10. What happened in the uh, uh, FA Cup, Berkey? Yeah, 1-0. One 1-0 nil. One nil Wigan, Wigan over Manchester City. Oh. Uh what, what about that? Some of the Wigan supporters were just happy to go to Wembley. That was it. They just wanted to get on the train and go down there. They're in danger of relegation, aren't and they? And they're in danger of relegation. Exactly you imagine right. the train trip going back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were going back to Wigan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so their, their excitement was tempered slightly. Uh, so, yeah, 1-0 to Wigan, which was absolutely brilliant. Mm. All right, so, uh, and you got any golf, golf leaderboard there? Yeah, the Players' Championship is happening at the moment at mm. TPC Sawgrass, and Sergio Garcia... Uh-huh is uh, 11 under through 13 tied with Henrik Stenson at the moment. Uh, Tigers uh, one off the pace at uh, at 10 under. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking here now. For Adam and Scott there somewhere? Adam Scott, um, he only goes to tie for 10th at the moment and he's not on there. Greg Chalmers is there at 7 under. So Adam Scott must have had a bit of a um, ordinary round. Well, Adam Scott, because his first game since he won the Masters, he mm. said that he's had that green jacket on out of the wardrobe, put it on every day. As you would. Wouldn't you? Because Just come down to breakfast in it. I didn't realise you actually have to give the green jacket back. Stays in the locker. What, what, yeah. But why does well, they give st- you a, a replica one, do they? Must or? have. <laughs> but why, what's the point? I mean, so they've just got a, a wardrobe full of green jackets. Mm, and they plenty, all look the same. Plenty of mothballs. Yeah, that's just <laughs> that's nonsense. I'd be keeping the green jacket. What are they going to do? Just walk out with it. Just, why would you ever give it back? <laughs> what's going on next week in rugby? Uh, yeah, there's a bit happening in rugby, guys. It's a rugby show, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Hurricanes <laughs> play the Chiefs uh, next week for all the uh, the Kiwi supporters. It'll be a massive match in uh, in New Zealand. But for the Australian teams, Melbourne Rebels, they're going to host the Stormers on Friday night yep. uh, down at Amy Park. The Western Force also will host the Sharks from Durban in Perth on their way home. The Sharks have had a pretty good uh, season. Uh, the Crusaders will host the Blues. And the big one on Saturday night, mm. the Waratahs up against the Brumbies at ANZ Stadium. Mm. Oh. So not at Allianz Stadium, ANZ Stadium. Uh, 7, 7.30 on Saturday night will be a massive match. If any, the Waratahs have any chance to slip into the finals, they have to beat the Brumbies. And then the Queensland Reds uh, flew out to go to South Africa for two games and they will play against the Cheetahs on Sunday. Huge week in footy. Uh, get out, support your team. Thanks for being part of the ruck. Just got a quick note from our producer, Liam. He said, if you read the sheet, you'll see that Adam Scott is tied for 27th at four under. Uh, just <laughs> there you go. That in old, bold print. Yes, there it is at the bottom. Read the sheet. <laughs> read the sheet. Anyhow, it's the ruck for Rugby Union live on 10. See you next week. This is the ruck, the Sunday rugby show.